Welcome to IoT Trajectory, a Logicalis IoT podcast series brought to you by Logicalis. Your host is Mike Trajecki, Logicalis' VP for Internet of Things and Analytics. Logicalis has been delivering IoT and data analytics solutions around the world and providing technology solutions that help organizations realize the benefits and values of the Internet of Things. This podcast is sponsored by Cisco. And now, here's your host, Mike Trajecki. Hi, and welcome to the IoT Trajectory, a podcast where you'll learn from industry leaders about advances in IoT and data analytics. This is Mike Trajecki, VP of IoT and Analytics at Logicalis. A few weeks ago, Arizona State University was named the most innovative school in the United States for the fifth straight year in a row. The future of our cities, factories, utilities, and transportation will be driven by innovation in technologies like IoT, AI, cloud, and cybersecurity. Today, we're seeing greater collaboration between universities, nonprofits, public and private corporations, and government to drive this innovation. Last year, Arizona State alone disclosed 285 inventions to Skysong Innovations, Arizona State's exclusive technology transfer organization. These inventions led directly to the launch of 17 new startups and 123 U.S. patents. Our guest today is Dr. Timothy Summers, Executive Director of Cloud and Advanced Network Engineering Services at Arizona State University. Dr. Summers is an ethical hacker, professor, media commentator, TED speaker, and internationally recognized as one of the world's leading experts on cyber strategy, blockchain, normal chaos, and how hackers think. Dr. Summers, welcome to the IoT Trajectory. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So, Timothy, being part of the most innovative school in the country has to be pretty exciting for you, right? So tell us a little about your role at Arizona State University and some of the things you're focused on and a little bit about what you're doing to help drive that innovation. In my role, network operations is an important part Uh, But also, it's about innovation. It's about utilizing uh, blockchain for next-generation identity and access management. It's about building smart campus uh, cities and regions. Uh, It's about understanding uh, how IoT will play a, a massive role, not only at Arizona State University, but in the region. Uh, We're looking to build generational change here. So the way that I like to explain uh, some of the big parts of what we're doing is if you think of a, of a stack, at the bottom of it, you have the next generation network. And that's one of my big priorities here at ASU. And on top of that is our next generation identity and access management. And then lastly, on top of that, we're, we're building next generation services. And, and those are going to be things like changing the classroom experience, uh, the student experience, the learning experience. And, and that's really how we're driving innovation here, Mike. And that's exciting to hear. And obviously, part of what you're doing is driving that innovation and bringing Arizona State University to the number one innovative school. So you mentioned IoT, and this podcast is all about IoT and AI and what the future looks like. Let's talk about now, how is ASU using IoT? How are you using AI today? Is it in support of education in the classroom? Is it more around facilities, safety and security, research, all of the above? Great question. It's really all of the above. We are looking at the applications of IoT uh, to revolutionize the student experience, uh, not only for students that are on campus, but also for students that are off campus. We're also thinking about the surrounding community in terms of safety, uh, community safety, public safety. 
We're also thinking about uh, traffic patterns around the university and on the university, whether they be by foot uh, or by car. Uh, we're also utilizing IoT uh, to look into uh, the connections, if you will, between different cities. So you have Tempe, where the university is, uh, where our main campus is. You have Mesa, you have downtown, uh, and various other cities. And we are looking at how do those cities, how can IoT help those cities not only uh, help them connect with each other, but also connect to disparate uh, and distributed communities, such as uh, Native American communities in the area. So we're really looking across the board here, Mike. I, I, would, I would say that if you were to ask Dr. Crow, uh, he wouldn't see any limits or boundaries with regard to where we can apply IoT at ASU. What does that mean for you in your role? So as you're looking at what's happening today, and like you said, what's happening tomorrow and next week, does that make your role more challenging to try and figure out, hey, how do I get this infrastructure able to support all of these new applications that we may not even have thought of yet? That, that is a wonderful question. Uh, so yeah, it does make the, uh, the job challenging, uh, but that's a big part of why I'm here. Uh, I really, I, I like that challenge. And you know, I have a great team. Uh, I've got great colleagues. I'm working with a number of really brilliant people with robust backgrounds. And, and we're all spending the time uh, thinking through this, the decision frameworks that need to be there around not only how to use the technology, but when to use the technology. Many times we forget that, uh, you know, not a, a technology, it can't be applied uh, to any and every challenge. Uh, there's no panacea. And so there is an important part of the work that we're doing right now, which is really around just understanding when and where IoT will apply. And a really sort of guiding light there, of course, it's building the new American University, which we're, we're known for. But it's also about building a new uh, learning enterprise, a new academic institution. We refer to it as an enterprise, uh, academic enterprise. And so thinking about that, uh, it's really important for us to get a sense of uh, who are all of the various stakeholders uh, for ASU. So our students, our staff, our faculty, but then also what about the families of our students and staff and faculty? Uh, what about those folks who are friends of ASU? Uh, the folks who maybe were uh, our alumni. Um, so we're looking at how can we apply this technology appropriately uh, with a focus on improving life outcomes. That really is, uh, even with the challenges in the position, uh, we always talk about things in terms of one year, three year, five year. Uh, in, and, and really, my, the guiding light that our COO has, has given us is, you know, first, do no harm, but I want you to innovate, innovate, innovate. Uh, and, and I think that says a lot about uh, the institution that ASU is and about the team that we have and also our leadership. And it's, it's amazing to see that because we've talked to a lot of the other local municipalities and talked with Dr. Diana Bowman and we talked with Dominic Papa from the Arizona Institute for Digital Progress. And we're looking at this and seeing, you know, an Arizona State University come together as, you know, the central hub of education and innovation, not just in that campus, but like you said, around the entire region. And I think that's, I think that's so important in this, you know, new American university as you described it, is how do we actually take those universities like what Arizona State is doing and bringing out the innovation into 
business, into enterprise, into the community itself, and being that kind of center that brings the communities together. I think what you're doing is amazing, and you have an opportunity to really impact not just you know, what's happening in Arizona State, but the entire state of Arizona and potentially even the entire educational system in this country. So on the show, we talk about, and you mentioned uh, infrastructure and cloud, and we talk about how important that is in deploying new technologies. So I would have to venture to guess, based on your title, that you subscribe to that thinking, right? That traditional network infrastructure is becoming more of a hybrid model, transitioning to software-defined when it comes to that, where you're currently sitting or were sitting at ASU and where you're going now, what are some of the biggest challenges you're running into? Yeah, I absolutely embrace um, deployment of new technologies and also the you know the consideration of new technology. I mean, that's emerging and disruptive technologies where I've spent a uh, you know very large portion of, of my career. Um, and at ASU, we are absolutely focused on taking a software-defined approach. Uh, we really like to think about um, our approach as being uh, nimble and agile. Um, of course, you know you hear a lot of organizations say that they're they're doing agile and they're speaking agile and they're living agile, and and of course it it, it kind of has a little bit of that buzz uh, going on in terms of uh, the terminology and how it's used, but. We really espouse those values uh, at ASU, and and I would say the biggest challenges that we have around the embracing of this new disruptive and emerging uh, forms of technology is really around skills gaps. Um, As a higher ed uh, institution, we uh, have a very unique set of of talent, um, but we also, like many organizations, uh, fall into you know antiquated technology. Maybe there's aspects of the infrastructure we just haven't been able to give the kind of care and feeding that you know we may have wanted to from and intended to from the very beginning. But things happen. Universities grow. We you know there's new students. Um, and and to be quite frank, you know like many universities, we have a lot of staff who you know been in their roles for a very long time and and know their the organization incredibly well, but. When you're talking about software-defined networking or network function virtualization or zero touch, those things are still incredibly nascent, right? So if you look at organizations out there that have that talent, uh, they're able to really uh, uh, roll out the red carpet in terms of uh, budget uh, for compensation. Um, But when you look up roles of folks that are doing infrastructure as code, you know, it's the same way that cybersecurity has been for some years where, uh, you know, if you want some folks that are really good uh, in those technologies, you're either one, you're going to have to go out and, and try to, you know, find them uh, somewhere. And, uh, and they're probably going to come at a pretty good price because they're in high demand and understandably so. Um, but I would say, you know, institutions of higher education, have a completely different model in that we don't have, you know, we do have boundaries and limits with regard to uh, how we can do there. And I, I feel that that's actually uh, challenging us to lean in uh, uh, to our, the uniqueness of our roles. Um, and also, you know, something you said earlier, Mike, about serving Arizona, that's exactly right. Uh, and, and, and a much larger community, right? So, you know, so skills gaps, uh, that's one thing for sure. And it's not even just about actually understanding the technology itself completely. It's also about how many folks are actually doing some of these things, right? 
Um, if you're if you're looking at software-defined networking, there's very unique communities and pockets of people that are doing that. Um, in fact, if you think about some of the the leading companies in uh, uh, technology, uh, many of them are actually even uh, there's sort of a revolving door of folks with some of this talent, this emerging technology. That may be at Facebook now, but uh, maybe next year they're now at Google because uh, Google's trying to do something that Facebook did before, which was software-defined. So those are really some of our biggest challenges. If you look at that, the challenges and the skill gap piece of this, we're starting to see uh, a lot of these newer technologies come into you know, the different lines of business within universities. Right. We talked before uh, about you know two or three months ago. We talked about some of the initiatives that ASU is looking at in those new technologies areas and looking at AI for research and computing, cloud, augmented reality. How do you envision those technologies being used at ASU? And you're obviously in a good place to get the network and the infrastructure able to support that. But what's next? How do you how do you look at AI as making an impact at ASU? So uh, this is this is you know I think a question that uh, many organizations are really trying to understand, uh, primarily because they're still trying to understand AI in general, which I think is uh, is something that is pretty is not unique, right? AI is one of those things that organizations are still trying to really understand what it means. Here are some of the biggest things for us in terms of what we're looking to get out of. Um, AI, for example, it's really around understanding uh, how to get actionable intelligence out of the network, uh, how to take a data-driven approach, an evidence-based approach, being able to do that with network operations, with security, with facilities, uh, with student uh, traffic patterns, with traffic patterns in Tempe. Uh, We're looking at what can we learn about our institution and about our unique uh, positioning as a you know as one of the the country and the world's you know largest institutions for providing uh, you know a top notch education. So let's let's you know explore what AI can teach us. And and this is a you'll find this very interesting. This is how we've spent time talking about this and exploring it. We actually uh, our uh, leadership team in the University Technology Office uh, with our CIO uh, as well as various other executives from across the university. We have a regular group that gets together and we actually review or read uh, books uh, and materials on topics such as AI. Right now we're, we're uh, doing that. And we get together and we talk about it and we explore. We say, well, what does this mean? And what will this mean for ASU? Uh, and it's one of the most robust conversations uh, I've ever had, ever. Uh, because you have all of these folks with these amazing minds who are seeing the university uh, from various vantage points. And of course, with varying uh, years of experience, you know, ASU is, a, is such a, a fantastic place, but it's, it's, it's one of those places where we, we commonly joke that, you know, uh, if you've been there a few months, that's, that's, an, that's a year in ASU time, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I would say that um, there is an element of, uh, with regard to AI, for example, of us taking sort of a design thinking approach to it as well. Because we're not just looking at how do we utilize AI or IoT just for the sake of, but rather, what are we going to get from this? What's the value we're seeking to get? And so whenever we meet with, uh, with 
you know, partners or researchers or companies, whoever it is, and we talk about AI uh, and they say to us, well, what are, you, what are you guys looking to do? We very, very clearly articulate for them. Here are the kinds of things we want to do and that we'd like to use AI for. We don't want the, uh, our initial uh, expectations or thoughts around AI to be limiting. So we're, 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 we're starting somewhere, but with a very much an open mind. And as we like to say, uh, with a focus on the art of the possible. That's incredible. It puts you in a constant state of ideation. It puts you in a, a position where you understand and get those diverse viewpoints from all different parts of the organization, which I think is extremely valuable. I think I think a lot of companies could use that as a best practice. A lot of universities, corporations, uh, state and local governments could use that as a best practice to continually be in ideation, but being able to tie that back to a university need, how it's going to impact the university, the students, like you said, the students' families, right, the outside community as well. So, and, you know, I, I think that's amazing that you guys take that approach because I spend a lot of time in front of a lot of different schools, a lot of different customers, and that, that approach is, is really hard to find. I love the, the curious nature of it, right? When we talk about all this AI stuff, you know, one of the things that we start hearing at the university level has to do with a lot of, you know, the sports side, right? The fan experience and things like augmented reality. And you look, you know, you know, give you the uh, forks up sign, right? The Sun Devils are off to a four and one start in the Pac-12 and did the Nittany Lions a favor by beating Michigan State a few weeks ago. So thank you to uh, Herm Edwards and team. So what about what about the university? Are you investing on in new programs, new ways to engage students, fans, alumni for athletic programs? Right. We look at a lot of people here in the U.S. and I watch a lot of sports, probably more hockey and football than anything. But can we use technology to expand the fan base to those sports like hockey or softball, tennis, volleyball, track and field? How do you think we can do that? Because that's an important part of the university experience. It absolutely is. My, my philosophy is that student life is just as much uh, important outside of the classroom as it is in the classroom. Uh, it, it, is, it is absolutely in, imperative that our students have the, the, the you know, a robust amounts of experiences. And, and earlier when I was sort of describing that stack that, uh, that my team and I are building here, um, at ASU, you'll remember I said something about next generation services. That's really the term that we use to describe uh, some of what you're uh, talking about, the new ways to engage students, uh, the fans, uh, alumni, you know, the athletics program, um, sports. You know, we've even had many conversations around esports, uh, what that could potentially look like, because ASU has a very, very large gaming community. Um, and not only does ASU have a large gaming community, ASU actually has a, a, quite a number of students who've gone pro uh, in gaming. So, so there, there's, there's some interesting aspects there. Uh, augmented reality really introduces uh, some very unique prospects of things that we can do here. Uh, a, a perfect example of that is uh, we are exploring how we can leverage extended reality and augmented reality to change really the way we present curriculum in the classroom. You know, imagine sitting in a biology class, you know, your first or second year at university, and you're learning about DNA, you know, and you're 
you're seeing a double helix in front of you and you're able to manipulate it with your hands and there's feedback, you know, and you're seeing this in front of you as if it's there in reality. We have had many uh, meetings with, with a lot of different organizations. We've been talking with various potential partners uh, around how can we revolutionize the ASU experience. In the future, I envision uh, there being a digital representation of ASU where students can leave digital artifacts for one another and retrieve them on their mobile devices or uh, via you know, an extended reality or augmented reality headset uh, if they're so inclined. So there's that aspect of it. We recently rolled out some really amazing technology at our stadium where we're able to actually uh, uh, provide uh, various elements of navigation uh, at the stadium. We're able to uh, see clustering of groups and uh, pedestrians outside of the, the stadium and in the stadium. Uh, so there's some really fascinating uh, technology there that we're looking into. But we're really focusing on how can we take the experience that, let's say, a fan has at uh, Sun Devil Stadium, and how do we just completely revolutionize that? Like, how do we just blow away the fan experience? Um, how do we, uh, you know, we've, we've even talked about, you know, this idea of um, having an augmented reality experience, if you will, uh, where, you know, uh, the, you know, there's, there's Sparky and there's various, uh, uh, you know, other uh, mascots or caricatures or, uh, or, or just other exciting uh, elements like highlights. Uh, so we've looked into uh, a lot of different ways to change or apply the technologies. But like I said earlier, it's about finding the right place, the right ways to, uh, to apply it or the right places to apply the technology and also to listen to our customers, right? Um, that is something that I can't stress enough about um, my role at ASU. And, and really, I have to say, uh, this is a, a credit to our CIO, Lev Ghanek, Dr. Ghanek, uh, who has been incredibly instrumental in reminding us that we serve customers here, uh, not just our students, but other departments, researchers, um, the extended community, uh, and so on and so forth. So, so we really are taking a customer-centric approach to all of this. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of the a lot of those uh, changes and a lot of that revolution um, in the stadiums and on ASU on campus. Timothy, it's been awesome having you on the podcast today, and we hope to have you back soon. Uh, we want to wrap up by getting to know you a little bit more personally, and the way we do that uh, and get to know our guests is through movies. So tell us, what's your favorite movie genre? What's your favorite movie of all time? Oh, Mike, this is, this is such a great way to end. Uh, so I absolutely love sci-fi. Uh, I am a sci-fi geek, man. That is my thing all day. Um, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, favorite actors, you know, I, I've got a lot of actors that I really admire and enjoy. Uh, I would say that right now I've been incredibly fascinated with, um, with some of the work happening, uh, around, uh, there's a couple of really interesting, uh, shows on Netflix right now. And uh, one of which is called The Expanse, and it's, it's got a, a sci-fi show, really fascinating uh, work there, but really interesting cast, a, a bunch of folks that I've never uh, seen in anything else, um, and I can't remember names off the top of my head right now, but I got to tell you, there's something really refreshing about seeing new faces. 
Uh, how about you, Mike? What's uh, what's your favorite uh, genre of movie? And do you have any favorite actors? Oh, I'm a I'm a sci-fi sci-fi guy all the way, and have been. And uh, you know, we talked about uh, on a couple of uh, our previous podcasts. Uh, it's still one of my favorite movies of all time, and it, it, it's going back and forth now because I'm a big comic book fan as well. But uh, Star Wars is and probably will be the original uh, my favorite movie. It's the first movie I saw in the movie theater at five years old. Um, but I will tell you the uh, the latest Avengers movie was uh, pretty pretty incredible. So as far as actors go, I am a I'm I'm a, I love Tom Cruise in in Minority Report and some of the things he's done in some of the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing the Top Gun movie this year. Actually, we're doing a, a whole theme around our business plan this year uh, around Top Gun, so that should be that should be kind of fun. But um, yeah, definitely a sci-fi guy. Oh yeah, and I'm with you on Top Gun. I'm looking forward to that. And you know what? I think still to this day, my favorite Tom Cruise mo- uh, movie has to be Risky Business. It's a classic. I would absolutely, absolutely, absolutely agree with you on that one. One of the one of the better ones. Well, Timothy, we are we are out of time. Thank you so much for being our guest again, and thank you for being such an amazing ambassador for ASU and for what you're doing at ASU to make it the number one school of innovation. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it as well. And this is Mike Trajecki reminding you to go out there, be the disruptor, and use data for good. Thank you for joining us for the IoT Trajectory, a Logicalis IoT podcast series brought to you by Logicalis, an international IT solutions and managed service provider. Please join us for updates. To learn more, visit the Logicalis website at www.us.logicalis.com or contact your host, Mike Trajecki, directly at mike.trajecki at us.logicalis.com.